Today on Power Tips Unscripted, we talk to John Lusick, president and owner of Apex Wood Floors in Chicago, Illinois. Blog posts, podcasts, webinars, both free and paid, roundtables, consulting, coaching, information is everywhere. But just because you're exposing yourself to these opportunities, it doesn't mean anything will ever change. The hard part is what comes after you get the information. John is here to discuss how to take what you're learning and actually applying it. And we'll hear his secret in just a minute. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? Are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Hi, I'm Victoria Downing, and welcome to Power Tips Unscripted, where we talk about tips, tactics, and techniques to help you build a strong, profitable remodeling company. And I am here with my co-host, Mark Harari. Hi there. I am feeling the energy today. Are you? I'm pumped and ready to go. Yeah, I think I've had too too many cups of coffee already. Woo! <laughs> but I, I love this sort of topic that we have today because it's, you know, the hard part. It is the hard part. Implementation. Uh, yeah, information overload. It's all over the place. And, yeah. you know, it's great stuff. I mean, I listen to a book every time I drive to work. I'm listening to chapter after chapter of book. Or I'm listening to podcasts, and it's all wonderful information. There's one thing I got to do is implement all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's the hard part for sure. Yeah, so today we're going to talk to somebody who's gotten a lot of information, still gets a lot of information, and has figured out the priorities and has a team to help him implement it. So I'm pumped up, and shall we take it away? We shall. All right, today I have the pleasure to welcome John Lusick, again, as Mark said, the owner of Apex Wood Floors. He started working there in 1982 and purchased the company in 1994. Now, John's been a business owner for quite a while. And he has access to all this information, but he's chosen a particular path to help him prioritize his needs and implement this these fabulous new strategies. Welcome aboard, John. Thanks for having me. I bet. Yeah, it's great to have you. Um, so, John, you as we were saying, there's a lot of information out there. How did you come to... The point now, or you have a three to five year plan. You started out with some challenges, and and you have it now a plan to move forward. And now you've got to implement it. I mean, tell us a little bit about your journey, and how you know what some of the priorities are in in making your company rock even more than it already does. Well, um, one of the things, if I kind of rewind a little bit, I've always been a very curious uh, person as an entrepreneur. And I started working with a a mentor and an executive coach in the early 2000s. And I really learned about focusing and building a plan. And the first plan that I built was called DABS. It's about designers, architects, builders, and other service providers. And the kind of the, the genesis of that was they needed what I had in their deal to complete their deal. So that's the, the premise that I really worked on of sharing what we're doing with a lot of the design community and operationally ran the business, but I focused more on the marketing, the sales, the uh, very relational. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that as I kind of kept working with executive coaches and have done a lot of stuff with other people from, you know, Dave Ramsey to Dale Carnegie to John Maxwell. And, and I, and I, as uh, Mark said, there's just so much information out there. It's what you do with it. And, um, looking at the 
future and kind of one of those things that you can change now or you can change later if it's not too late. So I was uh, with a friend of mine who's a, uh, a client of yours, Andy Wells, and uh, he suggested that he'd been helping us, my wife and I, with some insights on some things at this season of our business. And he thought it would be a good time to reach out. He actually reached out to you to see if there was a way that I could get the help I needed at this season of our business to really build a plan to continue forward in a, uh, in a positive and uh, productive and efficient way. So, so yeah, Andy's been a longtime roundtable member and a really loyal guy to us. So it was great that he turned you on to us, even though typically we work with remodelers and you're a slight variation on that theme. But it was great that we were able to work together, our company and yours. So what were some of the struggles you were having? What were some of the areas that you needed help, did you feel? The areas that I areas that I thought I needed help were first off was like understanding the numbers better from a quote unquote dashboard perspective. And that's one of the areas where I thought we were, we were, we were stuck. I had just uh, designed and built out a really high end showroom in river Mm -hmm. North in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And I was looking at kind of shifting my, my efforts because a lot of our clientele moved from the the Western suburbs more to the, uh, downtown North shore oh. and we're doing a lot of out of state work. So I just needed a better plan to align with them. And as well as um, we just weren't looking far enough out and kind of wide enough in our, our near, our vision was a little bit too narrow mm-hmm. as I started learning, which that's the, the beauty of having friends who will call it like it is. You don't know you have a blind spot. Right. Right, right, for sure. So, okay, so you knew you wanted to get to look out, be broader, look more forward. You've been getting a lot of help from your executive coaches and so on. Was the was the focus from those types of people, the the Maxwells, the all the people like that, different than what you felt you needed right now? Yes, I needed more tactical people understand the remodeling industry, how the ebb and the flow of the, the work process, how things get done. I'm really good, Victoria, from 10 to 40,000 feet. I'm not so great <laughs> yeah. at 10,000 down with the, the plan. So I needed people who could help me put in process and seek better clarity for the things in our business that were going to give us the best uh, impact. So I know you've been working with Doug Howard, our senior consultant here, now, and you developed a plan for three to five years. What are like two or three of what you feel are the most critical elements in that plan? Well, the first the first plan was we, we kind of made this analogy, and this is one that I call the Dougism. He said, you're kind of like enduring the weather right now. The goal of this plan is that in the next 12 to 24 months, this plan will go from enduring the weather to predicting the weather to Mm. then being able to create the weather. So that was (laughs) Mm. a really, from a sales point of view, was huge. The second thing was really understanding lean from the point of getting better at planning that has a better result downstream. So those two things were really critical. And then the third thing was, is being consistent with the review of the numbers and the plan. I don't need to make it more complicated than it is. Just being consistent. You're not going to know everything the first two, three, four times, but after you gain some consistency and we've not, now we're on a plan, we're reviewing things on a monthly basis, 
and you're coming back to it and you're, you're seeking clarity and your understanding. So I'd say those Victoria would be the three kind of major things that we're working on and through. So when you're talking about eventually making the weather, the steps, the tactical steps seem like that would be tied directly back into reviewing those numbers. Yes. That's one part of it, but it's also going upstream with the type of jobs and customers and, and products that we want to be around. So we're positioning ourselves in front of the right opportunities because, okay. you know, the, the old adage of if a deal goes versus when a deal goes, mm-hmm. it's really focusing on the when, not the if. So that's more of when we say kind of creating and then um, predicting the weather, it's, it's hand in hand a right-hand, left-hand type of a conversation. Okay, great. So again, you're a big picture kind of a guy. So we had to, you had to drill down into creating this dashboard and the most important key metrics, right? So what are some of the metrics that you look at and how often do you look at them and who looks at them with you? So we review our metrics from a sales perspective on a, on a weekly basis. Um, we are in the process currently, Doug is helping us in the production side, the metrics of tying it back to how long things are taking to have good actionable goals for the guys in the field. Not this job should take about X amount of days or whatever, but really tying it into uh, a more of a specific. So that's being reviewed on, on a weekly basis. We're looking at the numbers as an executive team, which is my wife and Mike Boyer on a monthly basis, actually with Doug. And then we're reviewing closed job reports uh, on a every other week to uh, bi-monthly to a monthly basis, depending on who's drilling into those things. John, could we step back for a second and just give our listeners kind of a, a, a sense for your company? How many employees do you have? How, what, what size, maybe even kind of revenue? We are a about a twenty-person uh, high-end wood flooring uh, contractor. Uh, we are doing in the neighborhood of about uh, five million dollars a year in revenue. Okay. And we primarily serve the high-end design, architect, and builder uh, community in the greater Chicagoland area, as well as in the surrounding states. We do a considerable amount of out-of-state work on mostly second homes. So it, it kind of sounds like you've, you've mentioned Doug uh, a few times now in, in just a few minutes. Going back to actually executing on, on what you're learning, is it safe to say that accountability to someone is, is a part of, an important part of that formula? Absolutely. We meet as an executive team once a week. Whether that's uh, my wife, Teresa, Mike Boyer, and I, we may include a couple other people. We have a, a field leadership team that we meet. They meet actually once a week. We've, that's one of the things we've implemented from a consistency perspective. Mm-hmm. I think if I look back over the last six months, putting those things into place, the, the repetition of that team meeting, just talking about the challenges and the uh, like, good conflict, right? Because one yeah. guy runs the installation, one guy runs the shop, one guy runs the field finishing, and it's kind of a mad scramble for personnel at times. So I think the consistency, one of the things from one of the RA framework pieces that we were given was just like 
implementation plans. And one of those things was to have that leadership team in the mm -hmm. field have weekly meetings. So they've got to look out two or three That's or four right. weeks and are not surprised what's happening on Thursday when it's Monday. Mm -hmm. um, one of the other implementation things, Mark, is the, um, which was that, that planning framework is I used to have a virtual assistant and then I put it on my goal sheet that I needed an assistant in Chicago. That was one of the first goals I set when I started working with Remodelers Advantage. And I transitioned and found a, an assistant. This was in February of uh, 2019 because what we were doing wasn't working with that person being remote. Ah. So, so it was really little chunk things that when you put them on paper and you got them out of your head, my mentor told me that you're, head is a bad office and put it down <laughs> on paper Good line. You know, the position on it. So so those are just a couple little things, Mark, that have really been instrumental that you're just kind of building on. Good. Yeah. Yeah, it's I think that having the discipline to be consistent with that sort of meeting is challenging for a lot of entrepreneurs. But I'm a firm believer. Oh, absolutely. And and I think one of the things is that you know, the tyranny of the urgent, uh, you know, we always want to be responding to things, but a friend of mine shared this with me as I went through working through some things. He says, events plus response equals outcome. You can either focus on the event or you can focus on your response. It's controlling what you can control because there's going to be an outcome, but you can drive that. And if you just kind of go down to the level of what's going on and just focus on your response, your attitude, your actions, your intentionality, and your consistency, you're going to get a much better outcome. And I think just seeing, just using that planning framework, Victoria, mm -hmm. of the dozen or plus items that were in my head, right. looking out two years and just looking back where we've knocked off a half a dozen of them and have a better understanding of our overhead. Mm -hmm. My assistant is here. We, we are we're working towards a much better sales dashboard, you know? Okay. So I think those are little things. And when you're in the thick of it, I'm not really one of those people. I don't really care what everybody else is doing. I'm focused on what I'm doing. Yep. So you don't necessarily have the benefit of understanding how everybody else is doing it. But that's why I'm really curious to reach out to people that are in the business and in other like-minded businesses mm -hmm. that are around construction. Are you worried about the future of your business? Are you stuck and unsure about what step to take next? Do you have any doubts about your ability to lead through this crisis? Whether it's business, finance, or production, we have the experienced professional coaches standing by to help you and your team battle through these uncertain times. To learn more about our coaching program, and to schedule a free 15-minute consultation with our head coach, Doug Howard, visit remodelercoach.com today. Now back to the show. Now, okay, so we talked a little bit about getting the bigger picture, thinking about where you want to be, that sort of thing. We talked a little bit about the numbers and some of the metrics that you measure. You also mentioned lean. Can you sort of explain that from your point of view for our listening audience and then tell us about some of the things that you might have put into place that have had a positive effect? Well, I think the most impactful thing was we were showed this video about the New York Food Bank. Mm -hmm. 
and how they would serve people. And they had a desire to serve, but it was so inefficient in packing food, the size of the box, how many boxes could fit in the truck. And they worked with Toyota on their lean production, how they set up. And I think the metric was it went from like three minutes to pack a box to like 22 seconds. And that was like, wow, they got way more, like a third more boxes in the truck. The way the people received the food was easier. And so we just started thinking about that. How do we do things at Apex Wood Floors, especially a company that's been around for, you know, three plus decades. And one of the tangible things is we always talked about putting in, we've got a, a warehouse finishing shop, but a specific wood shop within it. And that was an action item that we did uh, we had that that unveiling of lean to the executive team, the leadership team, and then all of our people that my wife and Mike then had many meetings with the, the team expressing it. Okay. We built that wood shop in the month. We had that those meetings in July. In August of last year, we built that wood shop. Then we did a we did a purge, which you're always purging things, but then it was just a matter of how things were coming into our warehouse and why are you saving things that mm -hmm. you, you know, you know that you got this extra wood or whatever, and just, you know, blessing somebody else by getting rid of it, but not letting it clog up the, the process of what was going on. That was just a tangible thing. And I'll tell you the delight in the guy's eyes, having that shop, everybody's talked about it for so long, Victoria, but having it was, that was kind of the impetus to seeing it. Like we've talked about it and it's so inefficient. We were packaging the food like they were mm -hmm. trying to do things in the shop. Okay. So, so it, it, have you seen then, I mean, in, in addition to the good vibes and everybody getting excited about it, measurable difference in the packing of the box to now? Absolutely. I mean, just one thing is we sell a lot of what we do by making custom samples and that process uh -huh. was extremely inefficient and now it's much more streamlined. We have an exact area where those things are fabricated as opposed to having installers bring their equipment in off of a truck or pull things out. There's a dedicated area we gave uh, importance to things that we said were important, but didn't have the things supporting it. Okay. That was one thing on, on the shop side. And then one thing on the, um, the lean side that is really playing out now, we're literally in the final steps of it, is really documenting that work process and workflow mm -hmm. into our sales process where we have all of the things, like what's the handoff, the, the visuals, what's the baton going from one person to the next yep. through it, and is that just pausing and getting input is that the quote unquote leanest way to do it to make sure that we're not having redundant steps that you're going to have to pick it back up yep. three or four steps down. So, okay. so I think it's permeated into a lot of our thinking, Victoria, okay. and a lot of our conversations. Great. So how have you gotten your employees on board with all these changes? I mean, has it been a major cultural change or? I've always been. I would say this, I've always been a very, you know, communicative person with what we're doing. And they've been around a lot of our people. We've been blessed to have some people for a really long time. I think it's been embraced well. I think the, the biggest kind of paradigm shift was, is that you have not just 
responsibility of authority to make the call. Like we, we, we okay. wanted to get better results through other people and be re- slow down and focus and be clear. This is why we're doing this yeah. and, and getting stuff done. Cause if the thing is, is you, the, the, the adage, you're not going to hire someone to do all the, you know, the lame or crappy stuff in your business. Nobody wants that job. So everybody's got to do their part. And I think just the overall shift of this is we've got a longer term plan. We want to, we want to get value out of memorializing things and getting some runway out of it. Right. Mm -hmm. Whether that's something for the website, something from a, you know, we went to uh, a a digital uh, time clock thing. We talked about that was one to implement things that was on the list. It was on the list in that uh, planning out that we went to T-sheets. We also talked okay, about great. co-construct. That's something we wanted to do that we talked about. It was on the list. It's a work in progress. And I'm one of the, I'm okay with it. It's never going to be quote unquote fully done, but we're not where we want to be, but we're certainly not where we were when we started. Okay. So, so I think people are embracing that. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm a paper guy. I love my paper. So <laughs> the paradigm shift for me is like these things being digital, but I, I see the value and the benefit of it. Yep. So it, it's really me as a, as the leader being able to take feedback and to listen. Okay. All right. Great. Good. John, clearly you're, you're very happy with having worked with Doug and he's helped you guys a lot. What's some, what's one of your favorite uh, Doug one-liners? Well, I've got a, I've got, I've got a, a few of them, but uh, one <laughs> yeah, that's most, I'm sure you most, do. Most, <laughs> most recent is uh, like the, the, he used to use a lot of word pictures and I'm not, I'm not a science guy. So I kind of forget about those. Um, but he talked like, we talked about like a five-year plan is a bit of mo- a, a bit of a mosaic and it's always a little fuzzy. And it's my job to add clarity to that. So that's just a great mm. word picture mm-hmm. that it's always a mosaic and you know that that that's a very good thing for me because I'm a visual guy yeah. and, uh, and and I appreciate that about uh, his uh, his insight. Very good. Well, I think it's time we hit you with some lightning round questions. What do you think? Sounds good. <laughs> and now here's the Remodelers Advantage lightning round. It's a trap. All right, let's do it. I'm going to put 60 seconds on the clock. Here we go. What's your favorite business book and why? My favorite business book and why is uh, Necessary Endings. And uh, that is, is, I just love that book. And it was a real timely book for me uh, to read uh, last uh, year by uh, Henry Cloud. And uh, it just really talks about the types of people that are out there. And I would highly uh, recommend it for anybody that's uh, working through anything, personal, business, relational. If you weren't the owner of Apex, what do you think you'd be doing? I would be, uh, I'd still be an entrepreneur. I, I love business. Um, it'd, be, it'd be something around uh, business ownership as well as uh, serving and uh, helping people get better. What are you not very good at? Uh, patience when it comes to getting in the weeds on real minute details. Your room, your desk, or your car, which would you clean first? Oh, I'll clean my, my car first. Cats or dogs? Is there an answer besides dogs? <laughs> iPhone or Android? iPhone. 
Star Wars or Star Trek? I'm going to say Star Wars. Some good answers there. All right, John, this has been great. Thank you for sharing your a bit of, of your journey yeah. with us. It's, you know, it's really interesting talking business with different business owners and hearing their philosophies and so on. So I really appreciate it. No. You're welcome, and, and, I, and I thank you guys, and thank you for the great work that you're doing as an encouragement and, and leading in the uh, remodeling industry, and I appreciate you allowing me into the fold, even though I'm not a full-on remodeler, but I've uh, shared your company with many of my uh, construction colleagues if they're looking to join to uh, awesome. look to you guys as an industry leader. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's very nice. Now, before we let you go, though, my friend, I want you to share with our listening audience your five words of wisdom and why they resonate with you. My f- five words of wisdom are slow down and focus and consistency. Um, you know, one of the, the reason why I say that is, you know, my one of my dear friends, a mentor said, he goes, you can do much of anything you want, but if you do the best thing for you to be to do, be doing is do one thing at a time and be all there when you do it. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so that would be why those words resonate with me. Right. Well, good. That's an awesome lesson. Thank you so much, John. And I hope to hear from you again. We appreciate awesome. it. Thank You're you, John. Welcome. Have a great day. Thank you, you too. Bye bye. Bye. So that was fun to hear about, wasn't it? It was very fun. Yeah. Obviously, Doug helped him a lot. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and he's pretty direct when he's dealing with uh, with entrepreneurs, and and then he really pushes that discipline, with ad- <laughs> which obviously John has taken to heart in a big way. Yeah, for sure. I think it does come down to you know, it's it's a lot harder to not do what you got to do if you don't have someone to answer to. Yeah. There was a whole lot of negatives in that, but you get my point. Yes. Have <laughs> someone to answer to if you really want to get results. How's that? To okay. paraphrase. Thanks. Yeah. Sure, I'll be happy to help out anytime. No, I did like that. You know what else? The line that I really liked was the the discussion about the mosaic. Hmm. I was thinking about that because I have often used the analogy, metaphor, of a puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> you and the... Yeah, I know. Yes. So, you know, using the puzzle, the business is like a puzzle. It's very similar to Doug's with it being mosaic. You know, a lot of different pieces going in to make the whole picture. So I like the idea that John was starting to focus on numbers, on market, on prospective client type and demographic, all sorts of things they've been focusing on to really get them to the place they want to be. I liked your head is a bad office. Oh, yeah. That was good. That was good. <laughs> my, my head. Yeah, I obviously never clean my desk in my head. My head's a mess. If your head looks like your desktop on your computer, you are in real trouble, I got to say. <laughs> yeah, my head's a bad office. My office is a bad office. Yeah, right. Me too. I, keep, I think every time when you say, what do you clean first? I'm like, huh, not sure. Certainly it's not my office. Yeah, that's last. Yeah. So. Anyway, another good one. So um, Absolutely. Fun, fun talking to John. Yeah, it was good. We want to thank John Lusick for joining us and sharing these insights. And, of course, we want to thank you for listening week in and week out. I'm Mark Harari. And I'm Victoria Downing. See you next week. (laughs) Okay. This has been another episode of Power Tips Unscripted, the remodeler's guide to business. Visit www.remodelersadvantage.com to learn more about roundtables 
our world-class peer advisory program. There you can also find information about our business consulting services, upcoming live events, and much more. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. It's a beautiful day.